Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi everyone and welcome to Leadership Revealed. And in this podcast, we're going to discuss the differences between a CEO and a boss. Hence the title, Be a CEO, but don't be a boss. Because the two are very, very different, in my opinion. Now again, this is just my opinion. Yours may vary. Um, but again, it's my podcast, so <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, how I see it. So probably about three or four years ago, I knew that I had to stop being a boss and I had to become a CEO because it was where we were going to take our business. And I knew that being an old-fashioned boss or a leader or however you want to describe it or define it wasn't going to progress me as an individual and it wasn't going to progress the business. So I had to very quickly morph into becoming a CEO. And thus sort of started my journey and continues my journey even to this day of becoming a better CEO and the best CEO um, or the version that, that I can possibly be. So what is a CEO? And by the way, guys, this absolutely relates to you no matter what size of your business. Now, you might be at different stages. Some of the things I'm going to talk about, you might not be able to implement because it's you and one staff, two staff, three staff. But again, as I always say, you've got to start somewhere. And one of the places that you start or one of the things that you say is I start with the end in mind. So if you start now being a small business owner, but you have an idea that you want to be a CEO in two, three, five years time, then you can put a plan in place now. There's no good just saying... I can't be a CEO, we're just going to meander along, see how things go, and then in five years' time, it's too late. The business structure is too far gone down one track, you're too entrenched in the day-to-day management and running of the business, and it's so much more a difficult process to try and get you out of the business so you can move forward and become a CEO. Because let's face it, you know when you talk about CEOs like Jeff Bezos of Amazon and Musk of Tesla, Zuckerberg of Facebook... Warren Buffett of Berkshire Hathaway and and Tim Cook of Apple and before him, Steve Jobs. Those are the CEOs that inspire us. Those are the CEOs that we we read about when we buy the autobiographies. You name a boss, you name somebody who was a boss that we bought their biography. It just doesn't happen. So for me, the difference is very, very succinct and very, very clear. A boss will turn up, does a job and then go home. A boss doesn't inspire confidence, doesn't inspire inspiration. We always talk about our boss this and my boss said this and our boss this. They don't speak of it with a certain fondness or reverence. However, when you talk about a CEO or like Zuckerberg or Bezos, they're inspirational, motivational figures. Those on that higher level, that different plane to a boss. And the bosses just don't seem to be the people that we want to follow. You know, we've all had good bosses, we've all had bad bosses and and hopefully most have had better than, than, uh, than poor ones. But I've had some really, really bad bosses, some really, really terrible ones. And you can become a boss, not necessarily because you're based on skill, but it can be because your dad owns a company or your family owns a company or whatever. When you're a CEO, and of course you're going to have the outliers, but I'm not aware of a single CEO who's climbed the mountain to get to the top and has got there with anything other than grit, determination, skill and knowledge. I'm just not aware of it. Yeah, sure, you might have differences of opinions if a couple of people have gone for it and one guy's got it. But they're the, they're the, the best of a good bunch. They're not a boss where 
my dad owned the company or my sister's owns a company so I'm, I've become a boss it's when you're a CEO it's because of skill and something you have done for the company and that's how you become a boss uh, a CEO rather or actually if you've been recruited because you've achieved success in other companies as well so that's that's my version or my difference between a CEO and a boss so forget you've got three or four staff you're looking to become a CEO you're looking to change the way you operate change the way the business runs and you're going to become more CEO-ish. That's not a word it should be. So I just want to give you a couple of reasons or a couple of definitions what a CEO does that a boss doesn't or what you should be doing in order to become a CEO. So the first thing is you need to be strategic, right? So the difference between strategic and tactical, tactical is they're doing, the strategic is coming up with the idea. So we all know we want to systemize the business. We all know we want to get out of the day-to-day running of the business but how do you do it? Well, this podcast, this episode is not going to be about how to systemize the business and, and all that sort of stuff. That's a that's a 10-episode podcast in itself. What we're going to talk about is that you need to get the mindset of being more strategic. So you can't be talking about where you order the stationery from or, right, have you tried this place for the toilet roll because I'm sure they're cheaper. That's not your job role. You've got to be hands-off, strategic at the top. And it's difficult because in the beginning you do feel as though you are better than some of the people that are making the decisions. So one of the things that I've done in my business over time is is not get involved in the business, not get involved in actually making the, the day-to-day decisions, but actually saying, I think this, can you go away and can you go see if it's right? Or can you go away and can you research this? And then they come back and they'll say, absolutely, John, it was the best course of action. Thanks for pointing it out. We're going to roll it out. Or, yes, we did, and it's actually not as good as this version. But by highlighting there may or may not be a better way to do something, that's still being CEO. You can't just say, right, I'm not going to get involved. They're going to do it. They're going to make mistakes and fall flat on the face. If you're CEO, you own the company or whatever, you're still allowed to get involved. It's your business. You're their boss, not the other way around. But the point is, you've got to have some semblance of, I'm going to coerce them. I'm going to suggest to them that they do it this way or they research this without actually doing it myself. And then they can go away, come back and say, it was the best way to do it. Thanks for letting me know. Or no, it wasn't. We're going to go down this way. And that's strategic. The second thing is you need to have a great understanding of a lot of things. So you have a a good understanding or great understanding. It doesn't mean you have the best understanding. So, for instance, you know, we do a lot of inventories, inspections in the real estate market. I understand the process. Could I go out and do an inspection tomorrow? No, definitely not. But I know enough to know what I'm talking about if asked the question. I also know, know enough about the business to see if anybody's pulling the wool over your eyes or if anybody's not performing or if anybody asks a question externally. You know, one of the things I do pride myself on is having a good handle on the on the pulse of the business, understanding what's going on in the business without having to get involved. And I think that's really important as a CEO. Obviously, the bigger you get, you're going to find that more difficult and you're going to have to take a step back. And no doubt I will do that. The bigger we get, the larger we get as a company, I'm not going to understand what's going on in various branches. And that's where I'm going to have to empower my team and trust my team more. And as long as they're getting the results, as long as they're making the profit and doing what we've agreed, then that's fine as a CEO. That is totally acceptable. One thing you can't do as a CEO is when things don't go well, you roll up your sleeves and you start going out and selling what your product or promoting your services. You can't do that. The third thing is don't get bogged down in the detail. Unless it's figures, 
unless it's the numbers which we're going to talk to soon um, you don't get bogged down into it again if there's a performance issue with a member of staff or a disciplinarian issue or the branding's not quite right on here or poor service here you don't get involved that is what you're paying people for and that's what you're paying people to do a boss would probably get involved in that that's not your job role the fourth thing is you need to be beyond reproach now what i mean by that is you need to be lily white if you're going to lead a company you're going to be the face of it because one thing a ceo does is is they are the the the, the front and center person who in the eyes of pr press marketing whoever papers you are that person that runs that company you can't live a crazy lifestyle you can't you know go out and do wild things like you did when you were a kid anymore you've got to have no skeletons in, in the closet that's if you want to be a success obviously if you're not bothered about being a success you can do what you want when you want but if you want to have a superb reputation where people admire you you motivate people and you inspire people then you need to uh, you need to be beyond reproach and that's incredibly important um, and it shouldn't be underestimated one things I do pride myself in my business and my industry is to have that sort of reputation I suppose where nobody can pull me apart you know I'm paranoid about people saying ah but when we were 13 you stole this from the the corner shop and when we were 12 you did this and when we were, I don't want any of that come back to haunt me silly example but you get what I'm saying I have to be where nobody can come back at me about anything and I think that's incredibly important you also have to be able to handle pressure no business goes through its business life cycle with no pressure with no downs and just ups it doesn't happen so you have to be cool under pressure you've got to be calm under pressure you've got to make the right decisions not as easy as it is said but you've got to try and understand how you react under pressure and you've you know unfortunately it's the same with anything the better you get at something it's because you've got to practice it now whilst you don't want to practice being under pressure a lot you have to basically be up sprinting and up at the races very very quickly in a crisis you can't say well i need a couple more of these just to get my just to get used to it just to get a bit of a warm-up it doesn't work like that so because ceos tend to be a bit older they're a bit more longer in the tooth they've been there done i've got the t-shirt they tend to have that life experience and business experience to be able to handle certain situations and and you guys need to as well and again i hope you never have to go through tons and tons of pressure but pressure is good pressure lets you know how you're going to perform you know in all my um, sport and career my best performances my best wins were when i was under pressure even in business you know the tenant fee act for you guys in the real estate um, industry you know covid we've come out of covid a damn sight better business than when we first were when we went into it you need to understand your people now not if you've got a thousand staff you can't understand everybody but you can understand the people who are your direct who report directly to you you can understand what you need to do say and how you need to act to get the best out of them because it's important that everybody's on the same page and that you're motivating them and doing what it takes to get them to be the best that they can be because if for whatever reason if they're performing perfectly then the staff underneath them are going to be performing a lot better and then their staff and then their staff if you've got a thousand people all performing towards the targets and performing better then that's a damn good company so whatever it takes whatever you've got to say how you've got to act you've got to understand your people and understand what motivates them i find that ceos are incredibly good communicators they're very good at the written words so the emails come across 
absolutely perfect. They don't mince the words, they say what they need to say and then they get out because they're very, very busy people. Also, when I've met CEOs before, and I'm not talking CEO of a five-person shop or a company, I'm talking you know, 100, 200, 300, literally 1,000 employees. They are very, very good communicators, very um, affable, very likable, got something about them and they just seem to get the best out of people which sort of ties into the previous point um, about they know what they know and understand their people. Um, they also are very good at empowering others. And I think this comes to being more strategic. So if I was very tactical and I was getting involved into the weeds of the business, then that's not empowering people. And that could be putting people off working for me. But if I understand what, what motivates them, I can empower them because I'm strategic. And again, a true CEO doesn't want to get involved in choosing certain things from the stationers. They don't want to get involved in writing emails about to a particular complaint or whatever. They want to get into the higher level stuff. And the two go hand in hand. By being strategic, you can't help but empower others. Now, CEOs also get a lot of praise, but they get a lot of criticism. Now, when things go well and they get praise, a good CEO, you'll see them. They'll be pouring that praise onto their staff. Because they know that they might be the, the linchpin, they might be the focus point, but they understand that without their team or their people, they're nothing. A CEO isn't a CEO without people to manage and to uh, to look after. So a good CEO will always give their staff the reward, but a good CEO will always take the criticism and not palm it down. Internally, they might not be happy, and internally there might be some tough conversations, but for all intents and purposes for the wider world, the CEO takes that, criticism that blame firmly and squarely on his shoulders without blaming anybody else openly because that's what that's the job of CEO and that's why you know CEOs depending on what statistic you read have a life shelf uh, a lifespan of about three years they literally go from post to post three years the average CEO is in post and I'm not talking from a family business I'm talking from a larger corporate business that's how long they stay now again you're going to get the the outliers just here, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. But in the main, three years is the average length. Um, and finally, CEOs, or every CEO I've, I've ever met, has got a superb understanding of the numbers of the business. Because when you are very strategic, um, a lot of the business decisions you make, not all, but a lot of them are made purely based on numbers. And is it any wonder that in the 1990s, around about 25% of all FTSE 100 CEOs had accountancy backgrounds or were accountants and then to about two years ago in 2018-19 that had risen to over 60%. Now that just shows that the average CEO has a, a higher than average understanding of numbers of balance sheet, profit and loss, forecasting, budgets etc etc and I think it's really relevant so if you want to become a CEO then you guys no matter what the size of your business now remember it's not where you are now but it's where you want to get to. You need to get that better understanding of your business you will need to understand the facts and the figures of the business and what makes it tick and have those conversations with your accountant or your, your finance director or whoever is in your business that can hold you accountable for the numbers in your business. So those are 10 quick little tips that I believe that if you want to become a CEO, you've got to take on board, you've got to listen to and you've got to try and turn the way you are now and take them on board and become a better CEO because you should be a CEO do not be a boss. The two are very, very different. And if you want to take your business to the next level, then a CEO is the job role or job title that you should be taking on. So I hope you've enjoyed 
that episode on Leadership Revealed, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.